0: Conducted by teleconference or video conference. This meeting is conducted in accordance with the Brown Act.
1: <laughs>
0: and any member of the public may attend this meeting. The chair may limit the number of speakers and the length of time allowed to each speaker. At the start of the meeting, the chair may rearrange the agenda or place additional items on the consent calendar. So make sure you're here and available. All right, that is it for the preliminary procedural stuff. So let's start with a uh, with a roll call and then uh, if you have any ex parte.
2: Sorry about that. I was um, handling some technical difficulties. Uh, when I call your name, Please let me know if you're present and report any ex parte. Commissioner Trigu.
3: Present. And I did receive an email from Erin Deem at 600 Addison. But it was the same email that is in the supplemental one packet, I believe. And she was just confirming whether it made it into the
0: agenda
2: packet. Thank you chairperson Duffy
0: present no expertise
2: vice chairperson Gaffney present um the only
4: expertise i have is for 600 Addison um i'm obviously on the design review committee but uh on the 921 drc meeting Stephen acomby the appellant did announce to us that he would be um appealing independently from drc so there was just that exchange um on 921 um i also was not at the design review committee review meeting that happened or on the actual august 1 so
2: that's it. Thank you. Commissioner Thompson.
5: Present, no ex parte.
2: Commissioner Lunapara. Present, no ex parte. Commissioner O'Keefe. Present, no ex parte. No Commissioner
6: Matthews. um substituting for Commissioner Kahn.
2: No ex parte. Thank you. Commissioner Young.
7: Present, no ex parte.
2: Commissioner Sanderson present no ex parte thank you
0: everybody is here and ready to go welcome deborah matthews it's great to have you always
6: please <laughs> great great nice to be here thank you
0: all right next we've got any public comment on non-agenda matters i don't have any green cards submitted but if you got something that is not on the agenda that you gotta get off your chest or you need to say to the, to us this evening uh please uh this this is your time Uh, Nobody here is going to do that. I don't have a green card for it. I'll look online if anybody has raised their hands and I don't see any. So there's no public comment on non-agenda matters. Great. Uh, Agenda changes. Um, There is one change uh, to make to the consent calendar uh, due to uh, recent communication from staff. Um, the consent calendar consists of, and I'll just say it out loud um, so everyone knows here. It's a one. The consent calendar has the approval of the action minutes from our previous meeting, October twelfth, which is typical. We also have a new public hearing, item number two, eight hundred five Jones Street. The recommendation by staff is to approve, and it's on the uh, it's on the consent calendar to do so. The third and last item is 1287 Gilman Street. And and, and uh, what is different here is that the recommendation is to continue the use permit. And uh, that's a recommendation by staff, and it's on the consent calendar to continue 1287 Gilman. So that's the consent calendar before us. And uh, first, uh, I would just like to ask if there are any members of the public that uh, that wish to speak uh, regarding the approval of the consent calendar as proposed I don't have anybody in, in, in a green card and we'll check online and see I don't see any hands online either so um so there's no public comment regarding the consent calendar board member Chagou.
3: thank you I uh, just wanted to confirm And sorry I missed this uh did we do uh is there anyone wishing to make off-agenda comments this evening oh we did that I'm sorry um I do have a question on uh just for staff on 805 Jones in the uh staff report on page 10 it says tonight's hearing represents the first public hearing for the project and that the city can hold up to three additional public hearings uh, in the past, I thought it was four additional public hearings. Has staff, or, or has state law changed on the matter? Just a point of curiosity.
2: Um, thank you. If I could just summarize your question, uh, you're asking um, about whether there's a total of five allowed hearings under the Housing Accountability Act, and that is correct. So it's likely that that uh, sentence in the staff report is incorrect.
3: Okay. Just confirming. And I'm ready to move the consent calendar with at the appropriate time.
0: Do we have a second?
6: I'll second.
0: second. So we have a motion to approve. We have a second from Board Member Matthews.
2: Okay. I have a motion. Uh, To approve the consent calendar from Commissioner Trigu and a second from Commissioner Matthews. This includes the meeting minutes from October 12th, 805 Jones Street, uh, approval of the use permit and continuance of 1287 Gilman Street to a date certain, which is December 14th. Um, When I call your name, please state your vote. Commissioner Trigu.
0: Aye.
2: Chairperson Duffy. Aye. Vice Chairperson Gaffney. Yes. Commissioner Thompson. Yes. Commissioner Lunapara. Yes. Commissioner O'Keefe. Yes, but I'd like to abstain from the minutes. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Matthews. Yes. Commissioner Young? Yes. Commissioner Sanderson. Yes. Thank you.
0: Okay, the motion passes the items on the consent calendar um Item number two is approved Uh, pending your notice of decision. You've got two weeks of an appeal period. If there are no appeals, then you do have your use permit. Um, 1287 Gilman, that has been continued to a date certain. That date, I'm I'm sorry, could you just remind me again for the date certain for 1287 Gilman, continued to... December uh fourteenth, I'm gonna guess.
2: Yes, one second. Thank My apologies.
0: You. No, you said it earlier, and I'm just trying to be as thorough as December
2: you were. 14th. December 14th. Thank, Thank you. Thank
0: you. I would want to know when it was coming.
2: 15.
0: So that's the best we could do. Um we, we're now moving to the action calendar. We've got items number four, five, and six. On the action calendar, item number four is 1515 Derby street. It's a new public hearing. Uh, we will have a presentation from staff. And then a presentation from a five minute presentation from the applicant.
8: Ready? Oh, there you go.
0: Welcome, Brian. Thank you.
9: Thank you.
8: Good evening, ZAB members. My name is Brian Garvey and the project before you tonight is a use permit for a single-family dwelling at 1515 Derby Street. The site is located on Derby Street, four houses east of Sacramento Street. The subject parcel is currently developed with a one-story four-bedroom single-family home. The proposed project is to demolish a two-car garage and construct a three-story single-family dwelling. The project also includes an allowed by right ADU, which is not included in this discretionary action. The project was first heard at the August 10th ZAB hearing, due to neighbor concerns, the board moved the project to a date certain to allow the two parties to compromise on the design. Revised plans for this hearing were submitted on October 3rd. Shown here is the site plan for the August 10th hearing. Please note that the proposed dwelling is shown in the yellow and the ADU is shown in the blue. The revised plans propose a decrease in average height, slight increase in lot coverage, and a reduction in open space. As seen here, the location of the dwelling and ADU are swapped. Shown here is the current street view of the site facing north. The proposed dwelling has four bedrooms with an office that is included as a bedroom per for the Berkeley Municipal Code. The existing front unit has four bedrooms, which brings the total bedroom count to nine on the lot. The new dwelling is three stories, which with a maximum height of 30 feet, six inches. Shown here are existing and proposed shadow impacts three times throughout the year. While the proposed dwelling would cast new shadows impacts would be limited in duration. In effect, and would not substantially diminish sunlight for the affected residences. The proposed building would cast new shadows on 1518 Carlton Street during the winter and spring afternoons. Shadows are already cast on 1518 Carlton Street by the exi- existing temple located at 1521 Derby. Step believes the project would not un- unreasonably obstruct sunlight, privacy, air, or views as constructed. The project is consistent with the existing development and all side and front setback development requirements. Staff recommends ZAB approve the use permit subject to the attached findings and conditions. I'm happy to answer any questions on this project. Thank you. Any questions?
0: I, I, I've i got a question, Brian, if that's all right. Um, I remember this project very well. We remember very well and I re- and I remember that um, what was very exciting about the process was that there is the opportunity for the applicant to have another meeting with the neighbors and improve the project which seems like um that has happened. Could you maybe just speak to um because the we had continued this um with the recommendation for a meeting not required um maybe if you could speak to that at all that would be great about just given that you know project aside that was actually what we spoke uh
8: yeah for so um the applicant and the neighbors um I believe the applicant reached out to the neighbor neighbors with revised designs and I think it's in the packet but I believe all of them kind of I I don't know about agreed but they were aware of it and they, they were aware of the new proposed changes and they and both the applicant have used um the previous concerns to kind of revise this design and swap the adu and the dwelling so the three-story adu is kind of more in the middle of the property versus on the edge of it got it thank you any other questions
0: from the board seeing none at this time you're free to go for thank now you. Now we've got a presentation from the applicant. Welcome back. You've got five minutes. Make yourself comfortable. We're not starting the clock until you're ready.
1: You're being promoted, so Yeah. Yeah. I think you could just meet your computer My name is
0: Ashley. Ashley, excuse me one moment, sorry. If you could push a little button that has a mouth and someone speaking right there and they'll see a red light. And then we can hear your microphone a little better. Oh. Let's check your mic. We know, we know.
10: Yeah.
0: Speak again. Let's try it. Hello? Yeah, now we can okay. hear you. I want to make sure everyone okay. online can hear you.
11: You think I'd be better at this? No,
0: nope, um... it happens to all of us. And I'm, you know, I'm thankful for everyone's patience.
11: Thank you. Um, hello, my name is Ashley Shu, and I am a senior designer and project manager at New Avenue Homes. I'll be presenting today in conjunction with our founder, Kevin Casey. We are a housing company passionate about improving our clients' homes and increasing housing in the Bay Area. The project we are here for today is to create missing middle housing that provides ownership access to more people, such as to the teachers from Longfellow Middle School across the street. For a brief refresher, this is our project neighborhood. On Derby to our west, we have two two two-story duplexes. East of us, we have a large temple and a three-story multifamily. Behind us on Carlton Street are three single-family homes on a single lot. 50% of the residential lots on our block are multifamily, and we are happy to be emulating and contributing to this existing pattern. At our last hearing on August 10th, the board postponed the vote so that we could spend more time talking to our neighbors on carlton street who had two main concerns the first was our rear yard setback the previous design had our single family house four foot from the rear yard property line our new and proposed design is increased by 22 feet for a 26 foot setback the second thing they were concerned about was height Our previous design was 34 foot tall, which we have decreased now to be 30 foot and six inches. In order to get this decrease, we had to switch from a gable roof to a flat roof to maintain ceiling heights. After the last hearing, we were in constant communication with the Carlton neighbors as shown by our thread of 25 emails in the span of a month that I submitted to Brian Garby and Zab this week. In prior to reworking the project, we told the neighbors what our ideas were To address their concerns, once they said they were in favor of our proposed revisions, we moved forward with the redesign. After sending them our revised application drawings, they again responded with support and appreciation for our willingness to revise our plans. So we are happy to present to you today a new and improved design that has been approved by the neighbors. The interior program remains the same as previously proposed, a three-story, four-bed, and -and two-and-a-half-bath single-family home. With this application, we rescinded our AUP to reduce the rear yard setback and replaced it with an AUP to decrease the minimum building separation between dwelling units. This is so we can be closer to the existing house in order to to be as far away as possible from the rear yard property line.
10: So I'm Kevin Casey. I started New. I moved to Berkeley 16 years ago, and then started New Avenue 15 years ago. And we've been developing primarily ADUs, but also a handful of duplexes and single-family houses all over the Bay Area ever since. Um, We, I'd like to take, I guess, a minute to talk about basically the people and the housing that we're creating and the community that we are trying to pull together. You know, sort of looking towards the future on the Derby side. We've we've heard from the Carlton neighbors. Uh, We haven't heard from the Derby neighbors, but we've spoken to all of them. Uh, First and foremost, what we're adding here is it's obviously we're here to talk about the single family house. The single family house will be part of four homes on this single family parcel. So we're turning it from one into four. Uh, The single family house will have a two unit home in front of it. So those will be kind of the neighbors to the front on the same parcel. Two smaller, two bedroom, one bath houses. And then we'll add an ADU in the back. So we end up with four different homes of a variety of sizes and a variety of affordability as well, which I think we all know we need. Um, there'll be a garden going, there'll be a garden going down the sort of left side, west side from the front yard front property line, all the way to the back property line. It's about 18 foot wide on average, 130 feet long. So that's a big shared, um, garden yard area that'll just have a great communal vibe among these four houses um and also connected to the neighborhood of course an open space that you can see from neighboring yards and the street so that'll have a nice vibe for the neighborhood and the community the community we're creating um and then what we're doing goes obviously well beyond just our parcel we uh we have spoken to everybody on Derby uh everyone all the neighbors on Derby we spoke to the church next door um I don't know, dozens of people there. It's really easy to strike up conversations. You've got one minute left just to start. we've spoken to the fourplex on the other side. And we reached out to a bunch of teachers at Longfellow Middle. Uh, We got feedback from the teachers. One, the best one was, you know, I've been working teaching for over 20 years, would love to buy in this area if possible. We ran the numbers. The average salary of a teacher is about $100,000. Two teachers could afford two of the four units we're developing. So an average Berkeley teacher can afford half of the four homes that we're developing uh so on that note we're proud to bring this property around we've done this in the past by the way we just did the last project we did was in uh, alameda and we sold it as two units and it was somewhat coincidentally it was listed on the mls two couples bought all four of them were teachers in the oakland school district so this is what our market rate housing plays out as we're proud of it um we think this process has worked so we thank you guys for your time and your effort and all the neighbors as well. I think we've, it's worth a couple of month delay to get to where we are now. So hopefully you like it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, are there
0: any questions to the applicants from the board? Okay, then we will move to public comment. Uh, First, we'll begin with anyone in person. We don't have any green cards for anyone in person, so we'll go online. And each commenter has two minutes to speak. And I see one hand up, and we are good to go. Kate Margolis, welcome.
12: Thank you. Good evening everybody. Um, I am an adjoining neighbor and homeowner at 1518 Carlton Street. My comments were not represented in this presentation. I'm a professor and I have a four and a six year old children who are enrolled in Berkeley public schools. Ultimately, we do not my neighbors or I feel that our concerns were adequately addressed by the developer. I want to note that in spite of how it was just represented by the staff report, the developer did not engage in discussion with us about the design and a compromise was not reached. I'm here to express concerns post the initial August hearing where we all responded reiterating our requests, including redesign of the footprint as recommended by the ZAB initially in the first hearing um, to address concerns related to open air space that the building would occupy along with sunlight in our front yards, backyards and privacy concerns we all invited them to our house to come and see what the impact on the properties would be and to discuss the design further i have timestamps of the emails that we went back and forth i thought about sharing it with the board but didn't get that far Um, ultimately on august 29th um, ashley shared the plans with us the initial design plans august 30th our neighbors at 1512 responded graciously but asked them to reconsider uh, the footprint design again and asked a question about the adu No response until September 5th, when the designer replied back and said, these are our finalized plans, reiterating reiterating what they had initially shared with us. September 8th, our neighbors at 1512 responded, asking a question about the ADU and asking how close it would be to the fence line. No response. September 14th, I responded from 1518, continuing to note my concern, a question about the ADU. I find it very frustrating that this property is being represented as 26 feet from the fence line when there's a property in between that house and our fence. No response from Ashley in response to my very clear email expressing concerns. Um, We were not notified of this hearing. The only reason we know about it is because we had to do our own research. We continue to have concerns about reduction in open airspace, shadows casted that do matter in the spring and winter months, especially privacy concerns, and now dismissal of, of, and really, really terrible, the way in which this process has been represented and misrepresented in terms of how we have participated in this discussion. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for wrapping it up. I appreciate it, Kate. Um, Okay. That is, oh, I see another hand raised, and Kay. Lee. Kaylee, you've got two minutes. Welcome.
1: Hello, can you hear me?
0: Hello, we can hear you now.
1: Okay, perfect. Hi there. Just plus one to everything Kate said. Um, I think this has been, I think what was represented previously is a bit of a cherry pick version of the conversation. And as a matter of process, um, just FYI, that 1512 and 1518 both registered formal complaints uh, to Zab as well as Brian Garvey's email addresses this past week. Um, And to recap, and really plus one to what Kate said, we did not give formal consent to the current plans. But that we'd be provided the opportunity to review and provide feedback, and we had initially asked for enough time to give additional feedback after reviewing one set of designs. However, those designs were really delivered too late to provide sufficient time to do so with additional rounds. After the first round, uh, concerns were really raised to further revise the plans, um, and additionally, previously, we had asked that they visit our property so they can benefit from better understanding. I think just one thing that I do want to emphasize from what Kate said was uh, what's been referred to as this 26 foot setback uh, feels like a vast rep- misrepresentation because that 26 foot setback will have effectively a two story tall ADU that really reduces the setback to, I believe, it's four feet in the future, according to the designs. Um, and we've been asking for just greater setback beyond the current design as well. Um, that is about it. Hopefully, that was quick and easy. Thank you all so much.
0: Thank you very much for your comment. Okay, seeing no more hands, uh, the public hearing is still open. If board, if the board has questions for staff or the applicant, now is your chance. Uh, otherwise, we'll have a motion to close the public hearing and begin discussion. Board member Tragu. Uh
3: Do we need to at the end also hear from the applicant again in response to comments?
0: we do thank you for reminding me that yes so
3: this i do have a question for staff though and it's a it's a noticing there was if i understood correctly one of the public comments uh uh characterized the situation as not being noticed or not being sufficiently noticed of this hearing could you uh reiterate uh or just edify us on what kind of noticing went out for this meeting?
2: Sure. In the supplemental communication, um, there were a couple of comments by neighbors located at 1510 and 1512 Carlton that they did not receive a notice for the August 10th hearing. Those addresses were listed on the um, list of addresses that should have received the notice we did send the notice out via usps mail to those addresses with respect to noticing for tonight's hearing when uh, zab continues an item to a date certain certain according to our municipal code we do not need to renotice that item because we've already announced the hearing date
3: thank you for clarifying
0: I would like just to uh, give the opportunity. Thank you, board member for the applicant. So typically after public comment, the applicant has two minutes to be able to address any of that public comment. If you so desire, if you don't, that's, that's okay too. But I just would, we, we extend that to, to every applicant after the public comment period.
11: Hi, this is Ashley again, Um, I want to apologize to the neighbors that they have had a really different uh, experience than I have. I honestly went away from this feeling quite positive, so I was very surprised to hear their responses. Um, You have our full email thread with the timestamps um, for your own objective translation of um, these events, but I just want to say that we tried our best. Um, We would love to, you know, continue working with you in our landscape design because we have this like vision of a shared courtyard that we want to be, have it for the whole community, not just for this lot. Um, So that's definitely something we want to continue collaborating uh, with the neighbors on. Um, And in terms of all the things that we did redesign for, there was some conversation of um, flipping the ADU and the single family house suggested by ZAB last August. And that's what we did for the neighbors, Um, we did tell them that we were going to do these things before the revision, um, and this was the best way that we could to fit as many units as we could um, for the size that we needed and the diversity that we wanted for this lot. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.
0: Board Member Matthews.
6: So it, I, I'm a little bit confused about that, uh, your response. So basically your approval came from the Carlton Street residents and not anyone immediate
11: neighbors on Derby? Um, no one at Derby opposed the, the project. So we don't have like statements from them, but they never uh, came forward to disagree on the project. So
6: so the the two residents that we heard from this evening um did not previously oppose is that what you're saying
11: i am just trying oh, to know get... um the the neighbor communication is with the um, public commenters and that they are the people that was part of the presentation okay thank you Yep, oh, am
0: any other questions for the applicant board member sanderson
13: so um i just want to follow up on what deborah said so at the meeting in August, mm-hmm. we had the neighbors who were in the behind adjacent to the backyard who are on Carlton. Correct. And th- those were the ones who um, 510, 512, 518. Yep. And so those were the ones who were concerned about the height at the back, and we had a discussion about transposing the buildings. Right. So are those, but then today they say that you didn't talk with them, right. So um, can you help clarify?
11: Yeah, I'm also very surprised, which is why I submitted all of our email threads to you for a okay. um, object, objective translation. In my mind, we did talk uh, multiple times. There was approval. Um, I'm not sure where this is coming from. Okay. thank you.
0: Thank you seeing no more questions for the applicant i I just have a clarification for staff around showing an adu in these plans when adus this is that that are we it is not within our purview this evening to address an adu at all and so why do we even see it on the plans
2: yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. For for this, uh, we do allow applicants to show the ADU, even though it's it is a, a ministerial action. For this particular case, um, it it is um, compliant with the Housing Accountability Act, and so if if we didn't show the ADU and stated that this project was creating two units, it would be confusing because it would only describe the single family residence. And so for that reason, uh we we um we decided to allow showing the ADU. And and I would just like to note that both the ADU and the single family home meet our development standards with respect to setbacks and height.
0: Thank you. So this was an allowance by staff, not a requirement by staff. Is that right?
2: That is correct.
0: Okay, thank you. Board member Sanderson.
13: I would just like to add to that that I think it's a really good idea to show the ADU, even though it's not subject to the same requirements, because that way there's no there's no surprise later. And when people are looking at the parcel, they understand why the the the, the three story home is been you know, is up against the house with a very few. So I, I think it's it's a good idea it otherwise you can't really talk about the separation of the buildings on the parcel when you know there's going to be an ADU there you, you know you understand why the separation is reduced so i i think it's 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 good for neighbors even though they don't have a say over it to understand what's happening
0: thank you good to know and it's it's convenient and uh, of any applicant if they even know that they can do an additional adu and if they wish to disclose that um one question i have and i just also just wanted a quick clarification is that the applicant verbally stated four units but the the item before us is two units and i just want to be clear that that's what we're working that's that's what we would be ruling on today is that right that's correct thank you okay okay any other questions Seeing none, I have a motion. Board member Young.
7: Hello, just real quick. Um, what changes does switching from a gabled roof to the flat roof entail? Is that like loss of, you know, storage space? Or
11: yeah, we were uh, planning some storage space in the attic or kind of like the lofted um, attic area that wouldn't be uh, that would be conditioned, um, but we had to go lower even though we increased our setback by flipping the two ADU and the single family house. There was consideration of just keeping the gable roof and having it at 34 feet or even at the maximum code allowed 35 feet. Um, but you know, there are some members even of our team that prefer design-wise a gable over a flat But we wanted to do as much as we could for the neighbors and not just kind of do one move. We did everything that we could. And that's why we went to a flat roof and also decreased the height.
0: Thank you. Thank you, okay seeing no more questions i would like to make a motion to close the public hearing all those in favor say aye aye all against say nay okay the public hearing is now closed now we get to discuss or make a motion and discuss the motion board member young
7: hello um just a quick question and then observation after that um but this question is for staff regarding the AUP in the R2 zone. I'm wondering, um, so there's, a, it seems like two AUPs at play. One is to, for the building separation. And I think the other is for uh, height exceeding 28 feet. That would be on page seven of the staff report. I'm wondering in our municipal code, are there standards by which ZAB, ZAB, um, in reference to grant the AUP?
2: There aren't specific findings for the AUP. The AUP is, is another administrative use permit to allow exceedance of the height, and that's just built into our code. But all of the findings are included in the staff report.
7: Okay, thanks for that. Um, so th- I guess the point I wanted to make is you know, I, I think this is fantastic, and I'm really enthused to support it as is um i just want to reflect on the process that's happened because i think there's an interesting lesson to be learned so it is a haa eligible project right and i think part of the intent behind extending or the hearing date was to you know see if there's an opportunity to further have dialogue with the neighbors and i think what we were hoping to see is something a design that was more consensus but in a way that didn't reduce the intense, the residential intensity, particularly. Um, and this is a great design, but as you see, you know, the applicant is, if I were them, I'd be like, man, we got to, you know, really please everyone. And part of that, in addition to the structure swaps, we reduced the gable, um, you know, that's not reducing residential square footage necessarily, but it comes fairly close. So I think, you know, I would have supported this project if it had a gable still. So I just want to make that observation and recognize the incredible changes that you as architects were willing and voluntarily um, enacting in order to satisfy the neighbors. So thank you for that.
0: Board Member Gaffney.
4: Um, Going off of Commissioner Young's, uh, I would like to make a motion to approve the use permit as is. I think that the applicant did a great job at addressing the comments. I mean, being able to switch them at least will definitely decrease the shadows and um, the setback. Um, You know, even though it's three stories, it is significantly farther back from the property line than it was before. So I will make a motion to approve the use permit.
0: I will second that motion. So we have a motion to approve on the table with a second. Now we can discuss that motion. I would just like to make a comment about it, given that I I seconded that, that There was comment about seeking neighbor approval, and I just want to be clear, that's not in the, that's not required at all. You don't need to go seek neighbor approval, and um, we 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 had we had recommended discussion and it was because we had seen like literal chemistry in the room between the applicant and the neighbors in real time saying, oh, we could actually do something here. So that's where the continuation had occurred. And the applicant can come back and could have come back with the same project. Um, they didn't, though, and they did quite um, quite a very significant change. And so um, I second the the application as as it is before us today. any other discussion on the motion no okay then let's take a vote
2: okay i have a motion from vice chair gaffney in a second from chair duffy to approve a use permit cp 2023-0045 when i call your name please state your vote commissioner Trigu. aye chairperson duffy aye vice chairperson gaffney yes commissioner thompson yes commissioner lunapara yes commissioner o'keefe yes Commissioner Matthews yes Commissioner young yes Commissioner Sanderson yes thank you
0: okay the motion passes you've got two weeks of an appeal period after your notice of decision is mailed at which um, appeals are possible if there are no appeals then uh, you have your use permit I just want to say thank you um, thank you again. Okay. We are. On to the last item on the agenda. Second item- to last. Second to last. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, thank you. My. Right. Everyone's like, really?
1: <laughs>
0: item number five, six hundred Addison. We've got a new public hearing, and first we will have an uh, a presentation from staff. Thanks, sir. Bearing with me.
14: Screen. Unless there's, yeah, we might need help. Thank you. We don't this is DRC, do we? <laughs> a little low tech compared to this.
1: <laughs>
13: so it's um, it's really
1: yeah, that's oh,
13: oh, I can
14: And then I'm going to um, share screen,
1: right? Yeah, once I come up here, but here's the how's that good? We're fixing her name.
14: Okay, it's either way. <laughs> it's not the important thing. Yeah. Stop staring at those and stare at this. Okay, now
15: i just she's um, choose a
1: viewers.
14: I said start cool? your video and then share concept. Start your
16: video and then obviously. Right here. And then share. And you want
2: presentation. That's you, right? Yeah. And Yeah.
0: It didn't take very long, thank you, and it's it's a pleasure to have you here,
17: it's really a Anne
0: Burns, thank you, and welcome.
14: All, all system, I mean, under circumstance, here we are. Good evening, my name is Anne Burns, I'm the design review planner and Land Use Planning, and we're here- Sorry
0: if I may interrupt, we got to get you that microphone, yep, slide it on up, okay. and, yep, perfect.
14: Anne, my name's is Hi, Anne Burns. <laughs> Uh, And we're here for 600 Addison. It's appeal of the coordinated sign program for exterior building signage of an approved research and development campus. Uh, And and it was, mm, it's actually, okay. I'm just gonna go down. Huh, I think I can do this. Got it. (laughs) Just wanna remind, uh, here's the site. Uh, It's in the manufacturing district uh next to aquatic park also very near I-80 oh. better I'm going to get louder you should be yeah. going to have that trouble
0: with we you. need to hear that voice i know thank you
14: so the coordinated sign program it's very new uh is to create a streamlined sign review process for development projects projects with multiple signs i can hear that now and projects with multiple tenants To ensure consistent design, quality and display of signs, it's very important that the coordinated sign program show the sign area, number of signs, maximum height and location. But also, it may include exceptions to the regulations when deemed necessary or desirable. So, and the findings I'll go through very quickly, just to remind us there are findings like much design they're very gray (laughs) so uh the purpose uh, they need to comply with the purpose of the sign ordinance when they say the chapter that's where this is coming from Uh, ensure that the proposed signs enhance the overall project they're in harmony with other signs and structures in the project and with surrounding the development the development uh they contains provisions for change of use or new tenants are very important so that it stays together and also that again that there are can be include specific exceptions as deemed necessary or desirable i just uh quickly it's in all your packets but to remind us so we're discussing or it seems to be in question the signs facing west that are up on the third story, um, and we had some design review considerations on the total number of signs. Uh, while the ordinance asks for one wall sign for each street frontage, uh, the in the manufacturing district signs are can be huge. <laughs> And even the number of square footage, 800 square feet, you see. Also, the, the number of square feet total per for, for parcel is significantly higher, too, at 2,000. There are two parcels there. The number of height, the height of the proposed wall signs, I have to tell you, the staff incorrectly referred to the average height in our staff report. And I would like to report that, uh, that the estimated height above grade is 45 foot for building A and 46 for building B. Um, and this allows the tenant signage to be up under the horizontal canopy, we believe, reduce light spillage by being tucked under as well. And I mentioned it somewhere, but also quieter at the ground floor down where the the where the park is. Uh the illumination. This is a tricky one in that the ordinance asks for uh signs within a hundred feet of a park to be non-illuminated uh or not facelit. In this case, we did note it. I think the confusion was we said it was in the intent of the ordinance, because from the west side of the park, it's approximately 100 feet, even though we see the property line is on the east side. Uh, we did note that in the design review staff report also as an exception. So, so one of the exceptions they would like to, to make this work. Um, and I think we would just like to end by saying the project's consistency with the intent and findings of the Coordinated Sign Program. Staff recommends that the board uphold the design review committee's decision to approve the Coordinated Sign Program. And the attached design review committee's conditions and dismiss the appeal. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm good.
0: any questions uh, for Ann Burns before Rest. But a lot of a lot of wisdom here. I, and I have.
13: How do we ask questions of the development company, not of staff? So.
0: Oh well, they will give a presentation. Okay,
13: I'll wait till after that because I have questions
0: for them. Yeah, they will okay. they will give a presentation, and uh, it is after the appellant, though.
13: Yeah,
14: we the
0: appellant will begin.
14: Obviously, didn't um, discuss design only then The, intent, the so, because they're going to hit it, so that's good we're okay
0: thank you for now we're okay for now
14: i'm probably supposed to do something with this like...
0: <laughs> thank you
14: I'll just start hitting things back.
0: and so now we have five minutes Steve, for our presentation try to help you. from the appellant <laughs> or is it, thank you, I forgot. It's, three. it's three.
1: simply too to the future of I understand,
0: thanks. there can you hear me yeah you're gonna slide have to slide that mic a little bit further up welcome yeah. and just uh so everyone's on the same page here um five minutes for the appellant five minutes for the applicant two minutes for a rebuttal and two minutes for a rebuttal
18: Okay, Um, so good evening, Commissioners. Uh, I'm Steve Fennecum. I'm the appellant. I want to thank you for your time this evening. I particularly appreciate your service since I also spend two of my Thursday nights each month sitting on other Berkeley land use commissions. Uh, So I'm experienced being on the other side of the dice. I wish I didn't have to be before you this evening. I wish this issue could have been resolved by staff providing accurate information to the DRC and by the city conforming to its very clear rules governing exterior building advertising Um, that didn't happen. So here we are. And even just a few minutes ago, we heard another mistake in measurement reported. So I have to adapt to that Um, to set the context for this appeal. Um, I'm sorry.
0: Hold on. If I could just interrupt you for a moment, Mr. Finnecombe, we're having a technical difficulty with the screen. Oh, so. Oh, there it goes. goes. Okay, but I want to make sure everyone can see everything you're sharing. And I just so my apologies for the interruption we are good to go then. Okay. Okay.
18: okay. So there's a pro- There's probably no more valuable potential advertising space in Berkeley than the west facade of these new buildings that are uh, nearing uh, completion. Um, uh, the only space more valuable would be if somebody got to stick their logo on the Campanile, I think. Um So, the applicants have been very transparent and honest about this. They want signage as close to aquatic park as possible and as lighted and visible from the freeway as possible. They believe it will make them money. They've told that uh, told uh, the city that repeatedly, including in the DRC hearings, Uh, that's the applicant goal. So let's look at the city rules that relate to this. So 1st height, how high can building identification or commercial signage be on a Berkeley building? The council decided this a few years ago in amending the signage ordinance and this is the first slide here no sign of any type shall be suspended or attached to the face of a multi-story building above the third floor space or 40 feet above the existing grade adjacent to the building whichever is less so the council intentionally did not create a complex formula i was at the meetings uh, where they made that change and it was clear they wanted a really simple rule easy to apply So how do you calculate the height? Let me uh, try to advance here and it's not advancing. Well, I'll just read it to you. Um, The height of a sign is the vertical distance from the uppermost point used in measuring sign area to the existing grade immediately below a sign. Very simple as well. So what staff did with their, their signage package was apply the average grade elevation standard, which if I understood, and burns correctly, she just uh, repudiated that. And so they mistakenly used that, um, uh, which is good to know, and it makes the signage uh, even more out of conformance. Uh, the, the signage proposal um, shows the signage hanging from the awnings at what the building plan show is a 51 foot elevation uh above the ground and it's higher than that because there's it's above a building podium so if you hang a four foot sign at the top of a 51 foot high structure the signage is 47 to 51 feet above the ground this is all in the submittals it's all in the documents um how does that square with the council's 40 foot maximum for signage it doesn't it flagrantly violates it I ask you not to allow that to bring the signage down uh, secondly, there should be um, there shall not be any illuminated signage within 100 feet of a public park. This rule was created for a very simple reason. The council did not want the open space of city parks turned into a nighttime advertising forum for commercial purposes. They wanted Berkeley skyline to be defined by the natural landscape and by good architecture, not by advertising. Uh, the staff conceded in their staff report that in their representation to the DRC that they said all the signs were 100 feet back from the property line of the park. That was wrong. They've now stated in their um, staff report for this meeting that they made a mistake uh, and uh, it's actually that they included the uh, Uh, or they removed the street from the park they've now walked that back and so the illuminated signs are definitely within 100 feet at least two of them are definitely well within 100 feet of the park border Um, uh, that's not what council intended even with the consolidated signage program the council was clear within 100 feet of a park no illuminated signs so the appeal is really simple so to fix these issues it asks you to required the signage uh, be brought down to 40 feet or lower than their maximum 40 feet above the actual grade, not some imaginary measuring point well above ground level, and to prohibit illuminated signs within 100 feet of the actual property line of the park. The project can easily be adjusted to accommodate these city requirements where it's set too high, the signage could come down, maybe from the third floor to the second floor, and where it's too close to the park, the signage could be moved back or it could be, or the illumination, the signs could be kept and the illumination could be disallowed.
0: Yeah, one minute.
18: Okay. So I'd also like to encourage you um, to turn down the illuminated signage on the west face of the buildings facing an aquatic park because of issues of uh, detrimental impacts on Berkeley's important bird habitat. The applicant um, had a paid consultant write you a four page letter essentially saying, birds lights, not a problem. I would urge you instead to pay attention to the letter in your supplemental packet from the Golden Gate Bird Alliance, formerly the Audubon Society, pointing out specifically that this is a problem. They are the experts. So I will see. I'll try again to see if I can uh, bring up one image here. And I, for some reason, we can't. Oh, good. OK, here we go. Um, mr finicom
0: you've got uh just if you could just share that one image that'd be great and then your five minutes is over
18: right the signage would hang from that um the the uh metal awning at the upper right and the property line is where the uh
0: do do not enter sign is on this thank you very much and yep we've got that in the packet already too thank Mm -hmm. you and sorry about the technical difficulty. And I reset your five minutes after that. So you're uh, wanted to make sure you you're
17: able to. Yep.
0: Now we have five minutes from the applicant. And would you would you like me to let you know when you have one minute left or would you not want to be interrupted i was i don't know what to do no that would be terrific is that good okay i'll go one minute okay
19: just trying to figure out if there's a way to go to full screen mode on this momentarily and if not we will just proceed it's better Okay, thank you, Mr. Chair, members of the Zoning Adjustments Board. About two and a half years ago, we brought to you uh, the proposal, which you approved, I believe unanimously uh, for what is becoming Berkeley's premier scientific research campus uh, here in Berkeley, uh, A truly um, a, a major project for the city and one that brings enormous benefit uh, to the aquatic park. Berkeley is a town that believes in science. And this is Berkeley's premier scientific campus, as I said, and this is a project that Berkeleyans are going to be proud of. And one of the members of the design review committee actually said it, essentially, he said, I'm excited to show off Berkeley's commitment to scientific innovation, great architecture and jobs. Um, And we feel exactly the same way. We worked for months with staff Uh, on bird safety, on night sky issues, on sign placement, size, and quantity. As staff indicated, what you see before you tonight in this sign program is actually far less than what might otherwise be allowed uh, by the sign ordinance. Uh, I think it's important for us now really to separate fact from fiction. The fiction is that The project doesn't comply with the city's sign ordinance. The the main points of the appeal, first two main points are that there's the distance requirement and there's the high requirement. Yes, there are. But this is a coordinated sign program. Coordinated sign programs, as Stash showed before, and as you see in the blue, are allowed to have exceptions to these requirements. These exceptions were discussed at the design review committee meeting. So this is not new. The last one is really about the birds. And as we said, we have worked extensively to tone down the lighting. The signs turn off at 10 p.m. Don't turn on again until 5 a.m. Um, and you have been provided a biological resources report from noted uh, biologists, H.T. Harvey and Associates, and avian biologists in addition. And their findings are, were that are that given all of the lighting that's already down there, And in particular the freeway and if you haven't been down there to see the passing lights at night by the cars reflecting off the water already the sign the uh the light that comes down across over the new pedestrian bridge and the other manufacturing district lighting that's down there not the least of which is the security lighting at the animal shelter this these signs that we're talking about are going to have a de minimis impact on the bird life down there actually um it's important to note, too, that this project does bring so much benefit to the aquatic park. Drainage, soil erosion, it's gone. It's all gone. The park is being improved with an entirely new frontage, and the signs in question are not going to be particularly visible from the park. That's not what they're oriented to. This signage is important for these users. They are announcing their innovation to the world, and as Berkeleyans, we should be proud of that. The specific findings of the biological resources report, let me see if I can turn these off, are right here. Not going to significantly add add to the overall illumination. Uh, The Kelvins are kept down at 3000 K so that we're dark sky compliant, lights turn off automatically. Um, Again, there's already so much light pollution down there that there's no impacts that are going to be generated by this signage. So let me turn it over now uh, to Dixon, who's going to walk you through the specific designs and the kind of work we did. Yeah, thank you. With about one minute to go. (laughs) uh,
1: This project, obviously, two buildings, 470,000 square feet, 4-mile runnage. And and,
20: uh, thank you. And uh, here it looks daytime, nighttime. We've taken um, a lot of care into positioning, sizing these. There are two things that we really need to communicate here. The necessity, it is absolutely necessary for tenants to have identification, not advertising, identification. Uh, Then the desirability. So if we go to the next slide, this is a very important view. This is a view with the estuary right to your back, looking back at the project. We have carefully placed these signs to where they're set back underneath the eave to, and and you'll see here, The signs will be painted the same color as the canopies, white. All tenants will have to conform to that. And um, setting them back that far on the third, third floor is the right thing to do, opposed to having them closer and lower on the building that will have more impact on the experience for the users. So those were the main primary. So that's desirable, ideally. Five seconds left. Yeah, no. Thank you. We are have
19: you the wildlife biologists it? are on the Zoom if people have specific questions for HT Harvey and Associates, and we're happy to answer any questions you might have.
20: Thank you. Um
0: are there, I guess uh before the appellant is offered their two minutes to speak, do you have any questions for uh, the applicants at this time? We can also ask them after as well.
13: So I wanted to um uh, for you to clarify throughout the staff report and the comment letters talked about turning them off the lights off at 10 and back on at five. Yet there's also this six month um, s- study going on kind of pilot project. How does that relate to <clears throat> what is required? I mean, I'm assuming that the 10 to five is a required condition. I don't know where it's written as well, condition, but right. Uh, and but then Anne then says it is, to... so it is. Yes. Okay. So how does it relate to this, whatever this pilot project is? Uh,
20: Yeah, I believe um, we were asked to. I think it's what is it, six or nine months? Six nine months. Yeah, Um, to be able to, as the lights go on and we review it, and goes on and off, but we were able to at least look at it. These signs will have dimmers on them, Mm -hmm. so um, we think three thousand Kelvin is the right amount of light to certainly support the dark skies what have you, but um, there's the ability to dim these. So if okay. there is a very reasonable need to dim them, they can be dimmed. It, and so what will happen at the end of
19: six or nine months is that design review committee members can weigh in again. And if folks think it's too bright, it can be turned down.
13: Okay. But but, 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 but it's going to be off at 10 p.m., it, 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 5 a.m. Precisely.
19: So, and, so... and the 3,000 Kelvin is night sky compliant mm-hmm. right. anyways even if it didn't turn off right
0: okay thank you absolutely thank you board member
3: Um, i don't mean to relitigate any conditions that were approved i was just curious about the 5 a.m what happens at 5 a.m that's that's like maybe an hour and a half of darkness uh, that is significant about
19: turning them on morning commute Uh, a lot of people are going by on the freeway that would have the opportunity to see those signs and see the kind of companies in the innovation sector that are being attracted to berkeley in a project like that now so you know it depending on the time of the year for daylight savings it's less if we're like right now sun's not coming up over the hills until 7 30 in the morning we only have a couple of more weeks of that but uh but that that's why okay thank you
21: i have a question um so the signage on the west side um wh- what is the the purpose of having it be bright outside of the outside of work hours like what what's the point of having it of having it light up so bright
19: Well again they're not very bright. The illumination on these signs has been turned way down compared to lots of other signs uh probably any other sign that you see along the 80 corridor right there for the most part. Um I'm sorry, ask the question again.
21: What What is the purpose of oh,
19: having the companies basically demand it? They want people to know that they're there and, um, we can, the, the developer is here is critically important, uh, for their program. And he can explain that in far greater detail than I would be able to, uh, if you like,
21: yeah, that would be great. Great. Thank you. Perfect.
5: been a long time (laughs) it's good to see you all um you know i i I, the appellant mentioned on multiple occasions in uh, our hearing with the drc kept calling the signage advertising and and did it again tonight and in the case of life science and this is not a commercial you know office building it's not a mixed use building this is a life science building they don't make anything that they're trying to sell to consumers it's not speak right into it sorry okay um like i said it's 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 not a mixed-use project it's not an office building it's not trying to sell technology it's not trying to sell you know hamburgers or anything else if if they were trying to sell a product you know these signs would be red or green or colorful and and they'd be much brighter we'd be pushing for something much brighter what these what these companies want life science companies is they want identity they're not it's not advertising it's 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 identity that is important to them they want people to know they're in berkeley and they want people to know that they're in berkeley not emeryville not alameda not south san francisco it's important for them to be known to be in Berkeley. And yes, it's a very visible location on the freeway. But this this identity why it's important to them is they're trying to it's 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 really more of a recruiting tool. It's more of an identity uh factor so that that the kind of people that are, the, the scientific talent they're trying to attract, they want them to know that they are here, that they are in in Berkeley and it's so you're shutting mine off. Okay. Um, <laughs> you don't like what I'm saying. Um, uh, you know, again, with life science companies, you know, they are basically doing research. And they are, it usually takes them 10 years to bring a product to market. That's how long it takes to basically get a drug approved or a product approved. So they're not, they're not... Uh, This isn't something that it's just like, hey, look at me, they're really trying to specifically appeal to the scientific community and to let them know that that they're there and it gives them tremendous credibility if they can get their name and the only ones who are going to get their name up on these buildings are going to be probably, you know, 100,000 square foot tenants or bigger, they're going to be very, very noteworthy companies and that are going to be competing like crazy. Against, you know, you know, the other big life science, you know, companies out here, whether it be Bayer or Genentech or anybody in the South Bay. So it's, a, it's an important tool for these tenants. It's not a moneymaker for us, we don't get paid a nickel for it, we don't get anything where it's basically like it's a, it's a free amenity to the tenants,
0: and it has a purpose. It Thank you. Thank you. I just would like to ask Board Member Luna Parra, is your question satisfied?
21: Yes, thank you.
0: Okay. Board Member Dragoop. Yeah, I don't know if this is for the applicant or
3: maybe it's for staff, but has anyone actually looked at, done a comparison of what is it, 47 feet above ground level for the BMC compliant? way to measure it versus 40 what that actually like, or 80 feet versus hundred feet of the external facing, uh, so, what is it? East I, side, east facing side. I,
19: I, I think I, I think I got you. Um, and I can answer it. And certainly if staff, if you would like staff to as well, that's fine. Uh, the numbers are, uh, don't matter. Because there's the broad exception written in the ordinance that exceptions can be made for any standard in the chapter. We think that the exceptions that are being made are minor. The intent of the distance requirement is that we don't see a bunch of advertising in the park that's illuminated. Well, first of all, the park is closed after dark anyways. Uh, and secondly, the signage is elevated for freeway visibility. So it's not really park visible, um, at night. Um, so. Again, they are very minor exceptions, 40 feet to 47 feet um, and 80-ish feet. But those are almost arbitrary numbers in this circumstance, given the mitigations that are presented for the dark sky and the bird safe and everything else.
0: Thank you. Okay, so now we have an opportunity. The public hearing is not over, so if they do have more questions, please avail yourself. Now we have an opportunity for the appellant. To uh provide any additional commentary. You've got two minutes and then uh the
1: sorry, could you stop sharing? Matt oh, guy, okay. sorry. No, oh, it's fine.
20: Sorry
0: thank you all. Good. Normally we encourage sharing. This was a stop sharing moment, but you know, as a parent of children, we usually encourage it. Thank you. Welcome back.
18: Okay. So uh, first, um, like to think that the biggest science campus in Berkeley is the university, Uh, not this. This will be big, but uh, it's not UC. UC doesn't have any big advertising um, on its buildings uh, like this. the uh let's see uh mr rhodes said the numbers don't matter Um, that would be interesting for the council to hear because the council set the 40-foot standard and the 100-foot setback standard citywide Um, the consolidated signage program um, uh, allows exceptions minor exceptions for necessary or desirable the applicants have not in the city staff have not made the case that it is necessary or desirable to go substantially above 40 feet in the height and to go substantially under 100 foot setback from the park. And I want to differ with Mr. Rhodes about people not seeing this from the park, the park goes all the way around the lagoon. So you prominently see this from the east side, I mean, the west side of the lagoon. uh, you won't see it if you're standing on the road looking right up at the building. But um, keep that in mind, necessary or desirable. But also doesn't matter whether this is advertising or building identification signage. It's all wrapped into one package uh, in this in the signage program. So um, we can disagree on what it is. I think it's advertising because it's a company logo up there. Um, but um, it doesn't matter if they call it building identification then um, it's still subject to the requirements of the signage ordinance. So um, so I again ask you to uh, you can lower the height or you can you can require uh, conformity with the citywide standard of 40 feet. And you can uh, require conformity with the citywide standard of no illumination within 100 feet of the park. Um, Those are the two things. And I think um, there's a lot of rhetoric about how wonderful it will be for uh, for Berkeley to have these companies projecting their images. I like to think I like to go along there and I like to see uh, Aquatic Park as the face of Berkeley, uh, one of the first shoreline parks in the Bay Area.
0: Thank you. Um, So
18: any questions? Oh, I
0: have
21: a question. Sorry. Um, I'm curious why the decrease, decreasing the height of the signage would help. Um, like, what 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 is the purpose of doing that? Um, to, to other than complying with the
18: well. Okay. So the key purpose is to comply with the citywide standard. So somebody can't come in with a coordinated sign program elsewhere in the city and say, "Hey, look." Down at Aquatic Park, they went to forty-seven feet or fifty-one feet or whatever it turns out to be. Um, it's a it's a the, the council was very, very specific. Sitting through that debate where they set the standard, they did not want something where there would all be all sorts of exceptions and calculations. 40 feet from the ground, that's what it should be citywide. Guess, the council uh, said, don't sorry, make- let me yeah, let
21: me okay, I guess my sorry. question is is um if the signage were to be lowered wouldn't that affect the park more than if it was higher up
18: um
21: wouldn't the light affect the park more than if it was at the height that it is now
18: i'm i'm not sure i'm not a, not a lighting person if it were lower it would be less prominent i think uh uh and it would be it could very easily be hung from this from the two-story the second floor awnings not the thirds the the third story awnings so. thank you Thank
0: you, board. Thank you, Mr. Finnicom Board Member Young. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, board Member Gapney has a question thanks. for I've, somebody out there. For someone.
4: See who gets it. Um Well, you actually for who? I think mostly for staff, I believe. Okay, it should be a staff question. Um, so we've heard that the city council has approved the like 40 feet um, signage, but who who approved these exceptions? Um kind of like, yeah, where what's the legality of these exceptions? Obviously, it's saying it says somewhere in our city code that these exceptions are allowed. And I'm wondering, was this something, was those exceptions not these ones specifically, but the ability to make exceptions something that the council has approved? And that's why they why we're allowed to do this today. Um, or you know why it would be allowed to go up to 47 feet. So I'm trying to figure out the legality of that. So I think this is a staff question.
0: Yeah. and Burns, please. If if, if um, and, you we box. do need you on the mic because we have to make sure that everybody hears you. That's not here. Um, yeah. That is that is joining us online.
14: City Council approved that. So it's a new. one, one please. Cool. Your mic on
0: please? Let's make sure and check it. Hello. Yeah, we got to okay. hear you. We love to hear Yes,
14: you. it was council approved. Uh is
4: there any the amount of program. um is there a cap on exceptions? Um like how many exceptions can you have for signage or is there really no limit?
14: I I put the findings and the conditions in the presentation. Okay. That's- <laughs>
2: If I can add, I I believe that um, these exceptions were discussed by the design review committee, and I don't, the city council did not provide uh, a cap on the number of exceptions. Mm -hmm. And I believe that was under, left to the purview of the design review. So that's
4: the process, is that if so, it comes to design review, and then they review all of the different exceptions that the applicant is,
0: um, and that's how we got to this today. That's correct. Well, the design review made the approval Approval. with Mm -hmm. one no vote, and then it was appealed. And it's appealed. And that is why is it bef- is why it is before us today. So it has been approved by the design review commission prior. And that's why we've never seen signage in the two years that I've been here, two and a half now. Well, um, it's because it was appealed.
4: Yeah. Thank, thank you for click. clarifying yeah. obviously I was there not there
14: staff level. This particular yeah. program mm-hmm. only starts at the design review committee for approval. Mm-hmm. Okay. It does not have any staff level signage approval
0: with it. So it starts with the design. Review. So thank, okay. you. Thank, thank you. you. Now, um, now we have, uh, two minutes from the applicant, uh-huh. uh, to hopefully address any of the items we've been discussing. Um, you've got two minutes. Welcome back.
19: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. You know, I take a little bit of exception to the notion that no exception should be allowed where exceptions might be allowed. (laughs) Having said that, uh, I think that we've clearly demonstrated the, the the importance of these signs, the desirability of these signs, uh, this is sharing with, uh, the world that Berkeley, uh, is a base, uh, for scientific research, um, and. By the way, the design review committee would not have approved the signs being lower because of how they interrupted and interfered with the architecture of the building. That's part of the reason why they were tucked right up there under those awnings. Uh, So it does make them desirable, uh, at least from our perspective and that of the design review committee who several members were uh, very complimentary and they voted five to one to approve the sign program. So if I can answer any other questions, I'd love to
0: try. Thank you. Your. Your rebuttal time is up, but the public uh, the public forum is still open. So if anybody on the board has a question, please uh, direct it to the appropriate party.
13: Okay, I will uh, direct this to Mark. So I was you hit on the issue that has been bugging me that if you made it lower after the building is, the design has already been approved, it's under construction, it's going quickly. Um, then those signs would be hanging five feet below this uh, awning thing that they're under. So they would be partway down the windows of that
19: building. They would be no longer integrated into the architecture. They would be a separate thing slapped onto the side, uh, okay. more visible from the park. Yes.
13: Okay. Well, that, that settles this problem in my brain. Thank you.
0: Thank you are that we're not done yet though huh are there any more the 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 public hasn't had the opportunity to speak yet so um public comment will happen but uh if there are anybody is there's anybody else from the board who wishes to ask anyone who's already spoke you can do that too okay so seeing none then um we'll move to public comment i have one green card from um one person uh that is here in person. And then we'll go to online public comment. So let's begin with uh, Kelly Hammergren. Welcome. You have uh, two minutes and welcome to the zoning board.
16: Okay, thank you. Um, a couple of things here. It seems that the directions that were given to the DRC about what the policy, what the ordinances on the signage was incorrect. And so that's that's what we're dealing with. But I wanted to make some personal comments. Uh, last night, I was taking a friend to the disaster and fire safety commission meeting, and she noticed on the side, as we were driving down the road, she noticed uh, Halloween direct, direct decorations. And she asked, did you see them? And I said, no. I'm looking at the road, I'm driving, and I hope that the people who are driving on 80 are also looking at the road and not being distracted by the sign. Um, It's an interesting comment that the sign is identity and not advertising because having taken marketing classes, these all go together. Identity logos, advertising, um, marketing—it's all part of the same thing. I my objection to the sign is the night lighting, because it is next to the park. If they want to put the sign on the building and not light it, I would be fine with that. I think it's a distraction. Uh, from the design of the building to put the signage up there. I mean, it seems to me that it's a lot of clutter, but an onlet sign would not disturb uh, the wildlife. And this building does have bird-safe glass, but it is only on the water side. It's not on the rest of the sides of the building. So birds that are attracted to the light can crash into the glass that is not bird safe on all the other sides.
0: Thank you, Kelly Hammergan. Okay, that is the one in-person comment that we've had. Uh, do Let's check online and see if there are any hands raised. I see one hand raised and uh, welcome, Erin Diem.
15: Yes, before you start my clock, I need to say, please stop. I need to say I'm very upset. I submitted written comment. Please stop. Please, can you please stop the clock? I'm,
2: I'm sorry, ma'am, no but we do need to start your two. No,
15: minutes. I need to know that. I need you all to know I submitted my written comment in time for the deadline. It was not included in your packet, and neither was the one from the executive director of the Golden Gate Bird Alliance. It was omitted, and I want you to know the DRC voted on misinformation. The signs should not be approved. They exceed the number allowed. They violate the 100-foot park buffer, and they exceed the height limit. And I'm asking you to follow our city's regulations and support the appeal. I'm the vice chair of the Parks Commission. I'm speaking on my own behalf. I remember when this project came to the Parks Commission, and it was clearly explained to us that Boulevard Drive is in the park. There was no confusion about that. Please look at page three in the staff report and look at all that light pollution. It's above and on the water. And that will disrupt habitat and the creatures. Many animals are crepuscular. That means they are active during twilight. So turning the light off between 10 and 5 won't help them because twilight is before 10 p.m. and after 5 a.m. Artificial light disrupts all forms of life plants and animals It's bad for humans. And it causes serious diseases like breast cancer and diabetes. It spreads beyond the lighted area and it's cumulative. And there's a bunch of new development happening around the park and each project will add to the light pollution. And what you already heard, there's already so much light pollution. So it doesn't matter. Well, where do we stop it? Are we just going to keep allowing them to keep adding and keep adding? And we're not ever going to have a night sky again. The consultants letter omitted important information biological resources. There are 200 species of birds documented at the park and nowhere do they account for that. It fails to mention the landmark research from September 2019 that 2.9 billion birds have disappeared over the past 50 years. The staggering loss that suggests the very fabric of North America's ecosystem is unraveling. And I want to know why the EIR, of the 2012 west berkeley plan has not been mentioned during this entire approval process and specifically mitigation bio one because this project violates those mitigations for bird safety and light pollution i ask you to support the appeal
0: aaron thank you and uh thank you um for sticking to the time um, I just want to note that um, we do have your email and we have the exhibits um on page the page 11 of of 13 on attachment six in our packet so um just wanted to hope hope you feel good about that is there anything else uh let's see online for comments no so seeing none um now if there are, we are about to close the public comment period unless anyone has any questions for anyone in the public or i have a understand. question
13: of the applicant sure. when i look at the the photo that aaron was referring to it's not the signs that have light it's the lights on in the windows i mean the signs you can barely see so
19: that that's correct uh- so that those those windows are required to have shades that come down at a certain hour or two again for night sky and bird safety. but you're correct that that's that will already be there.
13: So will the window I mean will the shades come down so you at ten or whatever so you don't see the
19: that no. those those are that's sort of shown with the shades down oh. more or less.
13: Okay.
22: Thank
19: some you. some of the floors are dark already. You know, okay. Scientists work 24-7. I
13: know. I know. All right. Thank you.
19: Board Member Tragu. Yeah, could you just clarify?
3: You said this project is night sky compliant and reading edit, uh, reading the report, it's based on the lumen Celt. Uh, and as opposed to where specifically the signage is at with respect to the ground level. So maybe this is a question for you, maybe it's for staff, but uh, I would actually appreciate an overview of what criteria there are that would make something dark sky compliant. And specifically in this case, is it based on the intensity of the light uh, or the height or both?
19: There's, as I understand it, and I'm going to ask Dixon to come up, but there are three primary components to the night sky compliance with this one. It is the temperature of the light itself. Um, it is the brightness of the light and it's, do they turn off at, at a certain time, uh, over the course of the night and all three of those things are the case with respect to dark sky policy, um, for these signs.
20: Yeah, I'll just add and setting them back underneath the eaves helps to dampen any light going up, which is key. Right. Thank you.
0: Any other questions? Board Member Thompson. Can you um, speak on the comment that was made about the creatures being active at twilight time
19: and in relation to the 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. comment? I'm going to ask uh, if staff would be so kind as to promote the. Um, H.T. Harvey and Associates. Who's the name that we want to promote?
2: I believe it's Scott.
19: Terrell. Scott, is yes. Is that correct? Please, that would be terrific. And I will let the biologist answer that question.
1: Wait
23: if they're still with us. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, it's on. Awesome. Scott has been promoted to panelist. He should be able to speak.
19: Scott, you're muted. Are you with us? There we go. Can you hear me? Terrific.
1: And okay.
19: uh, board member Thompson, we could have that question again.
5: So the question um, was, can you please speak on the comment of our wildlife being impacted at the twilight time oh. as opposed to the 10 p.m. to 5 a.m.? time frame?
18: Um, Yeah. In general, um, most uh, issues with light um, and birds uh, involve nocturnal migrants. There's songbirds that migrate at night. And um, the typical period of lights out, especially during migration, is typically 10 o'clock at night or 9 or 10 uh, till uh shortly before dawn. And um the yeah, so you know this this pro the signs are going to be turned off during the period uh that meets earth safe standards and guidelines.
9: You want to yeah this is Jeff Smith uh here with Scott um and I'll comment a little further. So the the question concerning crepuscular activity is certainly germane however you know many crepuscular species are there because there's still light uh and not darkness completely and also because that's when there are still you know prey animals and things that are that are still moving about and they're not you know completely gone to bed kind of thing A little bit of extra light um, that may be created by these signs is unlikely to affect their behavior significantly. In fact, it may benefit some species that like a little more light. So for example, when there's full moons out, uh, a full moon out, there are a number of species that take advantage of that, that otherwise might not be able to be crepuscular. So there can be both advantages and disadvantages, but in general, the amount of light that we're talking about here uh, we think is going to be insignificant in this regard
0: thank you your question I think you're getting a nod and a thumbs up the question has been satisfied okay any other questions before okay I'll make a motion to close the public hearing all those in favor say aye all those against say nay okay the public we have one nay oh, oh. I'm listening I see everyone has a voice here. Okay, then uh, even still, the public hearing is closed. And now we can discuss amongst ourselves. Um, Just as an answer, uh, board member Thompson, maybe partly to your question, I just want to know item number five, attachment six, uh, HT Harvey and Associates has a memorandum, which speaks um, in length um, regarding uh, the impact to species, which I think is, is appreciated. Okay. We could have a motion. We could have discussion. We could have a motion and then discussion of the motion.
7: Board member Young.
1: Oops.
7: Um, okay, so some uh, observations. Um, I was in Redwood City, South Bay, like Silicon Valley, I guess you know, a few weeks ago, and. Like, the signs they have on those, like, office parks and stuff out there are, like, hella bright, and I think my impression of the renderings relative to those are, like, these are pretty mild, and it's, like, cool. Um, Also, like, I don't know, Emeryville, like, they got signs and stuff, so, like, this is, I don't know, not, like, too hectic. But also, okay, some large, like, forest from the trees thoughts of mine are, like, The general trajectory of, like, the economy of West Berkeley is this challenge of how do we transition an economy that has been, you know, a manufacturing economy that has been hollowed out? How do we transition it to be, you know, this service sector, new technology, biomedical, you know, innovation economy? And, like, this is definitely an example of that. And you know, I think that in the Bay Area, it's been happening for so long that sometimes if we take it for granted that like investment is unusual within the broad scope of the American experience. So, not to be like, got to pander to companies, but also like, this is a good thing. So, yeah, that's my thoughts.
0: Okay, board member Sanderson, and then board member Matthews.
13: Well, I've been thinking about all of the information on all three sides of this issue, and. It seems to me, especially when I looked at the night view, that the lights on the signs will be turned off at 10 p.m. If those lights are on before 10 p.m., they're barely visible. So I'm OK with the lights being at the height they are proposed because I think it's a much better, um, a much better architectural um view and they're small they're not garish uh they're not neon which they could have been um so it seems to me that that the staff and the applicant have done a lot to minimize the signs and keep them much smaller than they could have been so and i understand the concerns about the impact on wildlife, but I think given that a full moon is going to be brighter than these signs, um, and we have a full moon once a month. I mean, so I would I, I would like to deny the appeal, make a motion to deny the appeal um, and approve the project um, because I think that staff has used the exceptions in a very thoughtful way you know you have a very big building a new kind of style there there can never be a regulation on something like design that is precise and will fit every project perfectly. So design review committee's goal is to make it as attractive as possible and to meet any of the stand, all the standards they can about protecting the environment. And I think they've done that. So I make a motion that we deny the appeal and approve the project.
0: Okay. There's a motion on the table, board member Matthews.
6: Well, I have an opportunity now to second the motion for the denial of the appeal, um, and I, I want to just give some historical reference to this. Um, I can remember back in the early 2000s when I was the co-chair for um, a ballot measure to revitalize Aquatic Park. And for 50 years, that park setting has set dormant and attracted all kinds of crime and issues that have really impacted the community and the residents of of West Berkeley. And to have this innovative project coming in and, and taking a different direction is so good for, I think, our city. I think it's good for the West Berkeley community. And in addition to that, it will really support the revitalization and the gym that has been sitting at aquatic park, um, for numerous, numerous of years and not receiving any attention. So I think that, um, the signage is really important because every, um, business needs identification, every, Um, They deserve that um, in order to create their own personal kind of landmark of of what they're doing in, in innovation. And in addition to that, can you imagine not having any signage and the calls that would come into City Hall? from folks <laughs> here locally, like what the hell is going on down at Aquatic Park? What are those buildings? What are what do we have here? So I think that identification is is really quite important. And I am in support of denying the
22: appeal.
0: Thank you. Board member O'Keefe.
22: Hi um, um I'm also in support of the motion to deny the appeal. Um, for a very civil reason. I'm not weighing in on um, bird safety or even aesthetics. Um, it seems to me from all the information that was presented that the rules were followed. The legal back and forth was interesting. Um, I enjoyed that and I thought about it and it, I was convinced, I am convinced that um, the rules were followed, laid out. And I don't see any reason to, um, overrule the decision of the design review committee which is actually who should be deciding this so if so if i thought something really terrible happened i would consider um uh the appeal but i'm not convinced we should override
0: their decision thank you board member tregu
3: thank you i've really struggled with this one uh and i also appreciate the dialogue that we had uh, I think it is very clear that there is a provision that staff has staff does have the flexibility to uh go slightly beyond uh standards in the side ordinance under the coordinated side program uh. I think the body of the arguments in support of it and what was compelling to me was the uh, just a set of mitigations around uh, intensity and shutting off the light. Uh, It was it did uh, move me that the totality of this program is Dark Skies compliant. Um, And I feel like for me to not vote for this would be to essentially uh uh do so without the backing of council to do something more that is uh already being required uh but i've really struggled with this and i think this is probably the first time that i've been on the board for a little while that I would be voting in a different way than uh organizations I really respect, such as the Golden Gate Out-of-Border Society or now the Golden Gate Borderlines. I didn't realize they changed their name. What I uh, you know, we're all human. We uh I know I make mistakes uh on the regular as well. Um I appreciate staff coming forward and uh uh, correcting, um, what was previously on the record around how the height is measured. I do want to caution, um, all of us to in general, um, when, um, you know, it's very important and I, no doubt that I one here played fast and loose by the rules, however, when um, things need to be corrected on the record that are uh, fairly significant to someone and may change uh, the merits of um, how something is evaluated, it may provide the perception to members of the public that something is going on. Uh, So I think this is just um, a caution um, to all of us, um, perhaps to to look at what uh, the requirements actually say, um, from where things are measured. Um, But I do appreciate, I really want to, let you know and that I appreciate uh the way in which once um that ever was uncovered that you were able to correct the record uh, so I will be voting yes on this um but not without a lot of thought and a lot of uh back and forth um and I definitely kept an open mind
0: throughout this presentation I would just like to make a comment about every, the presentations this evening and all of this productive discussion and every single word that came from each person this evening. Um, comes from a place of care for our city. It comes from people who are deeply invested in our city that volunteer their time in our city that have worked in our city for and continue to work in our city in many ways and private and publicly. And I just want to say thank you for this important discussion and for everybody's contribution here. Any other discussion? Okay, then let's make a vote. Sorry. board member Luna Parra. Thank you.
21: Um, similarly. Um to uh commissioner Trego but I've also had a really hard time with this and um I am not sure if I am convinced um that the uh sorry I'm missing the word um that the the deviance from the um the code should be um, given in this moment, I, um, but I, I have been giving a lot of thought to it and I really appreciate the changes that the, um, that the applicant has made or the, the project managers have made. Um, so I, I'm just very conflicted, but
3: yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you. Board member. Hi
3: And whatever the outcome here is, uh, should this find its way to council,
20: mm-hmm.
3: I, um, I think council is really the best place to um, mm-hmm. because they are a policy making body to uh, because what the on the merits, the coordinated side ordinance makes sense to me, it provides needed flexibility. I think what we are uncovering here is how all of these ordinances uh, interface, or perhaps don't always interface with one another, Um, and I think this is a really interesting uh, problem that uh, Council is well equipped to, well, or not, but it is probably the responsibility of Council to wrestle with this question.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay, thank you. Now we will take a vote. <laughs> All right, we have a motion on the table from uh, Board Member Sanderson, seconded by Board Member Matthews, to deny the appeal.
2: Thank you, Chairperson Duffy. Uh, the motion is to uphold the Design Review Committee's decision to approve the coordinated sign program under DRCP twenty twenty three zero zero two and dismiss the appeal. When I call your name, please state your vote. Commissioner Trigu. Aye. Chairperson Duffy. Aye. Chairperson Gaffney. Yes. Commissioner Thompson.
7: Abstain.
2: Commissioner Lunapara. Abstain. Commissioner O'Keefe. Yes. Commissioner Matthews. Yes. Commissioner Young. Yes. Commissioner Sanderson. Yes. Thank you
0: okay so we have two abstentions and we have six yeses seven yeses thanks for the support the motion passes this decision is appealable to the city council the oh i'm saying no and i'm saying no it is not appealable to city council because it is an appeal not uh application is that right i believe so i'm going to to state that out there and i'm it's jogging my memory that it is not appealable and that our decision is final and it does not go to council it is not appealable to council
2: yes that is correct
0: thank you i'm like looking around i'm getting some yeses and i'm learning we're learning thank you for learning with me
2: we learn together. And I would just like to note that we do need to take a captioner's break at 9 p.m. We can do that now before we start the next item.
0: Okay, so we will see everybody at nine. Oh, it's 8 56. We'll see you at uh what nine oh seven. Yeah.
1: I already found all of them. Bye
0: Okay, it is 9.07. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to address our last item on the action calendar. Welcome back to the Zoning Adjustments Board, everybody that's here in person. Thank you for sticking around. You kind of have to. And uh, thank you to everybody online as well uh all right so uh, out of respect for everyone's time thank you it's uh let's start the public hearing again and we will get to the last item on the action calendar item number six to 2407 san pablo avenue it's a new public hearing and we first have we first have a presentation from staff
24: Hi, everyone. Let me go ahead and share my screen.
0: Welcome, Katrina LaPira. Hi there. Hello.
24: All right, I think we have that up. Okay, good evening, board members. As mentioned, my name is Katrina LaPira, and I'm the planner for the Project Before You, located at 2403 7 San Pablo Avenue. This is a use permit modification of a previously approved permit, which is a mixed use project with 36 dwelling units and over 600 square feet of commercial space. The project before you adds five car parking spaces above the parking maximum within the envelope of the approved building. In this presentation, I'll share some background info about the site, the proposed modification, and then staff's recommendation. So just to orient ourselves, the project site is located along the transit rich San Pablo Avenue within the West Berkeley Plan area and is situated at the intersection of Channing Way and San Pablo Avenue. The project site spans two relatively flat lots with over 200 feet of frontage along San Pablo and about 100 feet of frontage along Channing Way. The site is currently developed with a one story commercial building and several accessory structures. The approved project will demolish the existing building and construct a 53,013 square foot building at a height of 50 feet, consisting of 36 units, five stories, and 603 square feet of commercial space. The proposed project would establish five additional parking spaces, off-street parking spaces, above the parking maximum for a total of 24 parking spaces on the first floor of the approved building. In order to approve the parking, uh, the car parking above the maximum, ZAB must find that either the demand for additional parking cannot be satisfied by the amount of parking permitted or by transit service and or that the anticipated residents of the project have special needs or require reasonable accommodation. Staff has verified with the applicant that the additional parking would be for five anticipated residents of the development that have disabled person parking placards and therefore require reasonable accommodations. With this in mind, staff recommends adopting condition of approval number 13. This would require that all five of the additional parking spaces comply with accessible parking standards, which is consistent with the need of the future residents of the building who currently maintain Disabled person parking placards. With this additional condition, staff recommends that the board hold a public hearing and upon conclusion, approve the zoning permit pursuant to the section before you and subject to the findings and conditions. This concludes staff's presentation. Let me know if you have any questions and thank you.
0: Thank you. Do we have any questions for staff? Board Member Trigubb. Hi. Hi,
3: Katrina. Thanks for the presentation. Um, uh, this is probably silly on my part, um, but where is condition 14 relative to what I'm looking at? Because uh, I condition 14 here is construction hours. Now let
24: me take a look at the, maybe it's mislabeled. Give me one second. I know that on the staff report. Oh, oh
3: it's eleven. I think
1: oh apologies yeah. about that.
3: No worries. Um number eleven is No, I yeah, sorry. I was not trying to do a gotcha. I totally <laughs> didn't see it until now.
24: No, um, I appreciate your careful eyes, as always.
3: <laughs> but um I was curious why this is not on consent, and is it because of a supplemental from the applicant that we received with a different suggestion for a condition? Yes. No. (laughs) One of those.
0: Okay, thank you. Are there any other board member Luna Parra?
21: just to clarify all five of the additional off street parking spaces will be accessible parking spaces, correct?
17: No.
24: Oh, no. That's the sorry is that question directed at staff.
0: You can't ask them questions yet. They haven't presented yet. So you can ask staff staff and then we get to ask the applicant
24: at staff. So that's um, staff's recommendation. It's included in the condition of approval got it okay thank you thank you
0: okay so then now welcome you've got five minutes to present and then uh, we'll be able to ask any questions all right if there are any i can tell you when there's one minute if you want want to do that yeah, it won't you're be good okay great
17: welcome good evening, everybody it's, oh sorry you got to pull your mic up nice to be here this evening um I'm here with Roger Studley. My name is Buddy Williams, Studio KDA, and Roger Studley is a developer for the project. Right, Our, how about now? That's good. Is that better? Thanks. All right. Roger Studley, he's been spearheading this whole thing for the first time, and I saw you guys last time on Zoom, so I haven't been here in person. But I'm going to show what we did. On your screen, just a few slides, and I have five, four or five additional slides we be talking through. Let me forward this thing. Great team. I was really excited. We're really excited about this project. We have the leaders doing their thing with this project. You know where it is. Katrina talked about the ground floor. These are images you saw previously. We're now in the construction documents. And what's new, new images just came out. Well, let's get right to the to the issue. So what's nifty is that Katrina and our office do see the same findings. So we don't have any uh, discrepancies about the finding. We were working well with that together. What's at issue is in terms of how we interpreted that finding. And that's why I'm here tonight is to ask for those five additional parking spaces. So as she rightly pointed out, that um, we were able to uh, show how we need reasonable accommodation for the tenants or for the owners of the homes that are going to be there, that Roger's putting together, of the users that he knows that are going to be on site. And so our take is is that uh, Katrina, who we work with and we get along with great, she is interpreting it in a more literal, strict way, and we are interpreting it in a more open way. Uh, or a, um, a more broad interpretation of what reasonable accommodation should be. And another part of this is that the reason why I'm here before you tonight is that, and I put forth the alternative language, is that if we go forth with this motion, which is to approve the parking, which we all agree would be a great thing for various reasons that uh, we will talk about, is that our interpretation um, of getting those five additional spaces wouldn't fit as she's prescribing in that COA 13. We can't physically fit it in there, either for budget or in physical constraints. So what we're proposing is not going to change the exterior of the building. And uh, we know that it that uh, the neighbors would prefer more parking. We know that Roger needs to sell the units, which he's actively doing. Uh, is usually condos come with more parking we know that the standards that were that were written that flipped from maximum to minimum you know the days you you weren't here but some of the us older ones were here when it was the opposite Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where we had were always asked to put more parking in and now there's a cap irony but um for him to sell the units he needs to provide more parking but so the point being is that the alternate language is which i'm asking you to vote for is What I'm asking for is to approve the AUP with a slightly different language in COA 13, okay? About the five additional spaces. So we intend to double the requirement for ADA spaces from one to two, and the additional four parking spaces are parked how they see fit according to, uh, we call them regular parking spaces according to the code at Berkeley Planning and Building, Building Department. So she's saying they have to be all ADA spaces, and we're saying, no, we'll double the ADA spaces that we were in there, and the rest of them will be regular parking spaces, which in our instance means lifts. that's that's it. That's the I'm interpreting it more broadly. She's doing what she thinks is 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 works for the code, which allows to make the finding and get us here before you. But that's what we're asking to do is take planning staff's recommendation approve the aup with the alternate language that i presented too late so it goes into the sheet of paper you have does everybody have the alternate language yes do you have all that okay okay so that's it that's the major points roger here can answer any questions about his uh, needs for the parking in terms of what he's working with but in terms of the findings we're in agreement in terms of which one to use, we're just interpreting it a little more broadly. And that's what we want your support with to pass the AUP as per planning staff's recommendation. So five minutes. Thank you.
0: Four and a half minutes. Thank you. Are there any questions or you got 30 20 seconds? Yes,
23: yeah, members, th- thank you for um hearing our, our request. I, I guess I wanted to. Um, just add one thing I know in your packet you'll find letters um, of so eight letters of support and and no letters against what we're what we're requesting. Um, I just wanted to point out that two of those letters come from immediate neighbors of the project who aren't connected to it at all, who also agree with us on the need for these additional spaces. Um, two of the letters come from members. This isn't a traditional development project. It's a co-housing project The people who are intending to live there are the people who are investing in the project essentially to build their own homes so two of the letters come from current members four of the letters come from people who are interested in being members um, and also support these additional parking spaces and also see that um you know the, the the limited number of spaces we have now as being a detriment and making it hard for them to to kind of to accommodate their needs thank you
0: all right any questions for the applicant board Member Sanderson?
13: All right, I'm going to get this clear because I am confused. Um, So you're asking for five more spaces because of five um, residents who need uh, um, accommodation.
17: As well as the need for him to sell those homes. It's easier for him to sell those homes if he knows. Wait, let me finish.
13: Okay. Okay, so you're saying... We want the five additional spaces. They don't have to be ADA because we're going to, I'm having trouble. I don't even quite understand this. So why don't, it's not about accessible spaces then. It it seems to me it's about adding more parking spaces, not about reasonable accommodation.
17: Well, it's both in the sense that we're saying that a people's, Variability of their handicaps are all over the map. Uh-huh. Not everybody's in a wheelchair, and they're going to need right. Right, they're we're old, and we move in various ways, and so the, the levels of accommodation we're saying shouldn't be as strict as, as what is written in the current C of A.
13: If the ADA is required, do you have room in the garage for the spaces for that ADA need? No. Okay. So by building these extra five, you've in essence. Prevented the building of, of more ADA spaces.
17: We we doubled what's required by code to two.
13: Two is. Yeah. So you're going to go four?
17: No, we have one currently and we're doubling so that. To
13: two do. is double? Yeah. Okay. All right, I got to think about this.
17: Anybody else?
0: Board Member Lunapara.
11: Actually, if you.
7: Yeah, so um just so so this is a request under a reasonable accommodation change zoning and you know as far as i understand that the, the the statutory impetus for making such a finding is from state and federal law laws that right prevent well right a reasonable accommodation to change zoning to make it so our regulations don't discriminate for those who have disabilities I guess I'm asking the, what the is
13: reasonable accommodation. <laughs> Sorry. The reasonable accommodation part of the zoning ordinance has been in there for eons. And it has it typically the applications we saw were like, could I put I I need a, a chair lift and it's in the front yard setback. So can you waive the front yard setback so you know my mom in a wheelchair can get into her house. Those are the kinds of things that we we normally saw. I don't remember that it's not. I don't remember that it referenced any state or federal law. It's just something that's been in zoning for a long time.
7: Okay. I mean, I I could be wrong here, but my understanding is this is a local process that allows um, variance in the small small v sense from zoning uh, under as a result of the. Fair Housing Amendments Act of 1988 in California, Fair Housing and Employment Act. So that th- I think those two lay the groundwork and foundation for how you know jurisdictions typically approach this. And I also, you know, my impression is typically reasonable accommodations are granted at the staff level. So, you know, I think it's a little bit unusual to see this happen before a, a, a public body. Anyway, um, so... It's all just to say, um, you know, the threshold by which this is granted is quite high and it is to accommodate those with those needs. So I guess I just want to better understand this seems like the request was made because the understanding is that five future tenants will require those and have um, placard parking. So could you talk more about what the evidence submitted to staff was? Uh, when requesting the reasonable accommodation,
17: Rod, do you want to speak to that?
23: Yeah, well, I have a, so the, the project will ultimately have 36 homes within the project. Um, the way that we proceed to build a co-housing project, we don't have all 36 members at the start. We started with half a dozen, now we're up to about 16. And so members keep joining of, um, I compiled data for staff when we had, I believe, 14 households. Uh, that had become members and these are people that are making investments toward their future home Um, effectively what they do is they invest their down payment and then we build as opposed to most other developers who build and then people make their down Um, and so of those 14 homes five four of the 14 um, have disability placards 45%, and so they have the, but the disability placard isn't necessarily the only thing that that indicates that you need an accommodation, right? We have um, 45% of the current residents are age 70 or older. Another 30% are in the 30 to 50 age range. We've got um, the, the, the number of parking spaces we have can't accommodate the needs of the people who are going to live in the space, um, the, the the flip that Buddy was talking about, when the housing, when the when the when the, um, the regulation was changed from a minimum of one space to a maximum of half a space, my understanding is that contemplated more of the bulk of housing in Berkeley, which is student housing or entry level rental housing. It didn't contemplate families, elders, senior citizens, households with many kids living under the same roof. It's hard to accommodate the needs of all of these people with only the 19 parking spaces. We're asking for a few more. And some of those, like I said, four of them have disability placards. Um, they don't all need fully um, compliant ADA spaces, but they do need additional parking.
7: Board member Young? Um you said four, four of the um, confirmed tenants.
23: Four of the four of the fourteen confirmed. Well, yes, four of the fourteen confirmed tenants.
7: Okay, so the staff report on page the 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 first page of um, the findings and conditions says five of the confirmed tenants. So you know, I I would but, like if there's any clarification on that number.
23: Yeah, I mean, I I I passed this along to Buddy, who passed it along to staff, who I as I read it in the report said it was you know confidential information, so I don't, I could share this with you. There's a fifth one person whose adult daughter um, has a disability placard. And that may be where the, uh, you can sort of, you can actually, uh, am I reading this wrong? One, two, three, four, five, correct. There's four and the one person that has an adult daughter that, that doesn't live there full time, um, that has a disability placard. But again, this is only 14 of the known residents. We're still, we still have another 22 um members residents to to acquire so the odds of us having at least one more need for, uh, need for one more space is clearly there
13: so i think i get it now <laughs> you have 19 spaces in your project and you're going to have 36 units correct right. and then so basically you don't have enough spaces to handle people who don't have any disabilities and those who you know will. You've got to have a parking space for the people who have disabilities. They don't necessarily need, I mean, my mother had a placket and we drove around all the time and I put her in a walker and we walked away. So you basically just need more parking spaces. Correct. Because the, the percentage of residents is looking to be high enough that you're gonna need more parking spaces. So it's it's not about ADA, it's about having enough parking spaces so you can accommodate the people who, residents who are already have a higher percentage of people in that category. And as you fill up the rest of the units, you're gonna get even more. So you need more parking spaces to be able to accommodate in the future The number, the percentage of residents who seem to need some kind of accommodation.
23: Exactly. Yes. If if I understand your question correctly, it's not like specifically ADA spaces that we see. Um, If I'm looking at the Berkeley municipal municipal code section that was cited in the report, um, you know, we have an apparent demand for additional parking um, that cannot be satisfied by the amount of parking permitted and or, and I think both of these things are true. Um that the anticipated residents have special needs or require reasonable accommodation that relate to disability health and safety.
13: Okay. I get it now. Thank you.
0: Any other questions for the applicants? If not, then we'll go to the public to speak.
6: Our screens.
0: Oh. Well, this happened before, and uh, so bear with us. We'll have to pause for a moment so that uh, we make sure everybody can see everything. So bear with us. What they've done in the past is uh, Secretary Samantha up to grave, like, waves all the special magic and resets the thing and IT comes out and then it and then it works. I'm so thankful (laughs) thank you thank you okay all right Thank you so much. Okay. We're back at it. We didn't need to take a break. So, um, there are no public commenters here in person. There are no hands.
17: Kelly. Oh,
16: well, i filled out the card and I said that I may speak on other projects.
17: Oh, I,
0: okay. Well then we would like to speak on this project.
16: I would like to speak on. Okay. Well,
0: welcome Kelly Hammergren. You've got two minutes.
16: Okay. I'll try not to speak too long. Um, So I remember this project when it first came before DRC. Um, It was was quite an exciting project. And as far as the parking spaces, I just really think you ought to give them to them. And um, if you're gonna put any requirements on them then I would say, but I think that looking at the future and making us all feel good about the environment, because that's why we're supposed to be taking cars away from people, right? It's going to solve our climate problem. Um, let's just ask them to be not EV ready, but uh, actually that someone could drive up with their EV and plug it in. I think that um, if you're going to put any conditions on it, that would be a good condition if they're agreeable so that we can encourage the people who do bring their cars to have evs instead of fossil fuels so that would be a good thing and you know if you really want to talk about what it's like to have a disabled person as i've said at meetings before I really know what that's like because my husband was in a wheelchair at the end of his life, and uh, it was quite challenging. So uh, I just think, you know, let's just end the evening on a nice note, give them the five parking spaces. And that last building, when we talked about having the lights at the top of the building, That 600 Addison project has a thousand parking spaces. So, you know, we're taking away parking from where we live and we're giving parking to where people work.
0: Thank you. Your time is up. Okay. Okay. So that concludes the public comment period we now have a motion to close the public hearing motion to close the public hearing there's second board member sanderson seconds i made the motion thank you and let's take a vote all those in favor say aye aye all those against say nay okay so the public hearing is now closed and now i'll entertain a motion or discussion or both board member o'keefe
22: i move to give them the parking spaces the the ones they want and here's why here's why i'm sorry i'm really irritated right now what purpose is served by forcing by making them all be ada therefore resulting in there being less parking for people who just want to park in their own place like there's no limiting parking in this case serves no purpose limiting parking in larger policy context makes sense they want to build more parking spaces within their own thing that they are building there is a legal route to it i'm comfortable with this let them have their parking spaces i can say more if this is contentious no. but that's a, my motion if you have a motion approve. then it
0: would be a motion with
22: the uh, uh
0: with the link you would strike condition button. 11 yeah condition 11 thank you okay board member trego
3: and i think i am going to second uh but i just yeah. wanted to confirm from staff I
0: just had a thought i had or heard a motion and i thought i heard a second but there's there, neither actually yeah. happened so th- just, i definitely made a, a motion com- okay you made I, the mo- I will motion i definitely second and a second a definite second um, okay i
3: do want to confirm with staff that uh in your professional opinion uh staff does the does the second alternative, as manifested by the applicant, fulfill the requirements of, uh, you know, the exception that needs to be made around reasonable accommodation?
2: Yes, it would be. That was a question to staff. That was
23: staff. a question to That is to a staff. question for staff.
2: In order to make the finding to allow um, the additional five parking spaces for reasonable accommodation, we needed to support that finding. And the applicant did provide a table identifying that individuals required a um, handicap placard in order to park. So um, I think that satisfies the finding.
3: Either, Either alternative, both the staff and the applicant submitted alternative yes okay i am happy to second
0: this motion Boo. okay i would like to i have a question for um, now that we have a motion on the table and a second i would like to clarify for all of us what that motion is because there was two things there's one striking condition 11 and the other one was to replace it with the alternative and I'm, my question is, is which is part of the motion the alternative says that Two ADA spaces would be required. That's the alternative to the condition. If you strike the condition, then it's then then there will be no requirement, and there would be one ADA space as previously required. So that's my question.
22: I want the proposed language the
0: proposed to language. be Thank condition you. 11. Thank you. I want
22: them to have
21: whatever they want because this is all very reasonable.
0: Got it. Thank you. Okay, we got a motion and a second. Board member Luna Par.
21: I have a question for staff. Um, if we were to deny this use permit modification, would the previous use permit for March still stand? Uh, would the housing project still be able to be
2: built without these five extra extra parking spaces? Yes. yes. This modification is just to modify the number of parking spaces to increase it by five. Okay, thank you.
0: Any further, Board member Thompson. I really like Ms. Hemmergren's recommendation um, of the electric connections,
5: um, whatever they call, not as a requirement, but as
0: a recommendation. Okay. So is that a it's verbal a recommendation code. or is that part of? It, is it an, it's, it's, it's,
13: uh, it's already, it's in the building code and it's part of the CEC's requirements so I don't think we need to, I mean, they have a every few years they step up the requirement. So you have to already put in traces for making scratch that comment. Yeah. Thank you. But it was a good idea.
0: <laughs> I, I can tell you that. Okay. okay. So board member Matthews.
6: I'd like to call the question and say that let's take us
0: to the vote.
7: Wait, wait, wait. Can I deliberate? she
0: just (laughs) she just wanted to (laughs)
16: yes
7: and board member young um so i just want to go back to this question of reasonable accommodation i have actually really serious concerns that the deliberations especially to accept the alternate um conditions of approval are based on observations or qualitative um findings regarding the wisdom of the parking maximums rather than what the very narrow consideration should be regarding the nexus between the demonstrated tenants that are locked in and the requirement for additional ADA parking spots. Based on the alternate language, the number of people that have been established that have placards and the the, the alternate recommendation that only two additional ADA uh, parking spaces be provided, this seems to me problematic in that it's abusing the reasonable accommodation process to provide just more general off-street parking. So I have that heavy concern, and I would not support the, the motion. So
0: thank there you. are... Re- Hold on. one, one moment, okay. Board Member Sanderson, Board Member O'Keefe, and then Board Member Sanderson. Yeah. Thank you.
22: Thank you for asking this. And I, I did say um, that I have more to say if, if asked. Um, I'm thinking about it. I agree. I I believe there's a nexus because they said they have um, a number of residents, future residents who have disabled placards. Now a disabled placard, and the applicant already made this, this point, a disabled placard does not necessarily mean you need a full ADA compliant space. I know several people with disabled placards and none of them use wheelchairs. They just want to be able to park closer to where they are going so they don't have to walk as far. That's a very, very common type of disability. And there's no indication that they have five residents who use wheelchairs. I think they've, well, they weren't specific, but um,
7: well, they said four and then a relative they they on have one placards.
22: of one of the They didn't placards. say they use wheelchairs. Right. The ADA space is has certain design requirements so that it can accommodate a wheelchair. But if somebody just has mobility problems, if it's hard for them to walk far, then they don't need all that space. They just want to be able to drive to where they live and park there. And to me, based on what was described, this is actually the most reasonable accommodation for their needs. So that's that's actually the more deliberative reasoning behind my motion.
0: Thank you. Uh, Board Member Sanderson.
13: So if you look in the staff report, the staff have requ- have provided the required findings that we must make in order to approve this use permit. It's very Straightforward. It doesn't get into federal and state law. It's a Berkeley standard, and Berkeley has has required finding. I mean, every use permit or administrative use permit we approve, we approve them on the required findings. Those are the that's the the, the, the uh, assignment for ZAB is if you can make this finding, then yes, you can approve that use permit. If you can't make that finding, no, you can't approve that use permit. So. That's why earlier we were asking Ann about the required findings. I mean, so they are in the staff report, the explanation. And if you want more explanation from staff, then I mean, this is not. it's, It's a pretty simple, straightforward set of required findings. And it seems to me that they've made a reasonable justification for adding five more spark parking spaces and one of those will be a second ada space so you'll end up with four non-ada two ada whereas now you have one so i i always ask people to look at the required findings before you decide whether you agree or disagree because that's the legal that's the legal requirement that we are making (laughs) is we are Proving them based on required findings. So I'll shut up.
0: Thank you, Board Member Sanderson. Agreed. So, okay. Let's. Uh, we've got a motion on the table. We've got a second. We've had a discussion. Let's take a vote.
2: We have a, a motion from Commissioner O'Keefe and a second from Commissioner Trigu to approve use permit modification CP twenty twenty three zero one zero three. To modify the original project to add five additional spaces uh, with revised language to condition of approval number of eleven, which states that one of those five spaces will be ADA compliant and the four, the other four of the five, will be regular parking spaces. When I call your name, please state your vote. Commissioner Trigu. Aye. Comm- Chairperson Duffy.
19: Aye.
2: Vice Chairperson Gaffney. Yes. Commissioner Thompson. Yes. Commissioner Lunapara, abstain. Commissioner O'Keefe, yes. Commissioner Matthews, yes. Commissioner young. abstain. Thank you. Do I get to vote? <laughs> I'm so sorry,
13: Commissioner Sanderson. Commissioner Sanderson says yes.
2: Thank you.
0: The motion passes seven yeses and two abstentions. Thank you.
23: Thank you very much.
0: you. Okay, so back to the agenda. We have, that is the last item on the action items, but now we've got subcommittee reports, design review committee.
4: There is, there's more in design review, and I was actually there this time. Uh, It was 2420 Shattuck Avenue. Um, Let me see, let me remind myself, because I kind of forgot. Oh, yes, that one is... um, it is a new 16 story tall building. Um it's done by um, one of the developers that we saw kind of by um where the uh Berkeley Bowl um or the Berkeley Bowl East is. Yeah. Um so similar project um it is it's very brutalist looking said 16 stories. Um actually it was it was uh it was design review liked it a lot um and I think it'll come with some good changes um next round. Um But yeah, it's all, it is all one material, which is kind of interesting. And also, um, there is a, uh, the open space is on the second floor. So it's actually kind of a, um, the second floor open space overlooks, um, Shattuck, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, there also is open space on the, um, roof as well. Um, so that's that one. Um, let me pull up the next one too. And then the next one is 2127 Dwight way. Um, let's
0: see. And these are, 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 have you already considered these in committee or are these upcoming? these were last week so these will be coming towards
4: ZAB. sorry i guess i'd say that yeah um i'll always report on the one i just did the previous week so yes we these were all both of these were preliminary design review and they will be coming to zab um very soon um so this one is let's see here um yeah so this one's on dwight way um this is uh this one's a very interesting project as well um it was very uh how do i say it um it had a lot going on. If anything, it'll be uh, simplified a bit. It was um, almost kind of the opposite of what the first one was. This one's only um, six stories um, and it was broken up into four kind of separate buildings that are all interconnected by, um, by different walkways. Um, And there is some public art on the exterior of the building. Um, And I think there's a lot of really good design intent in there. They're just going to be simplifying, um, uh, simplifying where they can. So, yeah. They'll be uh, they'll be coming to us soon. That's it.
0: That's it. it. Okay, so that's it for subcommittee. Thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing uh, those those projects. Uh, Staff communications.
2: Yes, thank you. We do have a staff communication tonight. Uh, we just want to let ZAB know and members of the public that the city of Berkeley has released a draft environmental impact report that evaluates uh, 2136 to 2154 San Pablo Avenue mixed use project. We did release the notice of availability, letting the public know that this, uh, administra- this draft environmental impact report is available for review for a period of 45 days, um, starting on October 20th and ending December 4th. This information was communicated to the Zav via email and it's also available online.
0: Thank That's you. It. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Um, any other comments or communications before uh, or a motion to adjourn? Board Member Chegu. Motion to adjourn. Second. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All those against say nay, the motion passes and we are adjourned. Thank you everybody. And thank you to the public in person and online.